With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. American soccer fans, what's going on? Welcome to episode 38 of the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. Donald Wine here, co-manager of Stars and Stripes FC, your source for everything U.S. national soccer teams, the players that comprise them, and everything else surrounding the beautiful game in our country. Welcome to Black History Month. It's also the month of She Believes Cup. We will review the roster put forth by Vlatko Andonovsky this week. Before that, There was also a lot of wheeling and dealing for men's national team players at the winter transfer deadline in Europe. We will review some of those, but before we jump into the first week of February, let's recap what happened on the last day of January, and that is the men's national team took on Trinidad and Tobago in Orlando on January 31st. It was a wonderful night for the Americans. They thrashed Trinidad 7-0. That's right, seven goals. We had two by Jesus Ferreira, Jonathan Lewis, and Paul Areola. And then the seventh goal was by Miles Robinson. So we had some great performances, uh, especially in that front line, as I mentioned. Ferreira, Lewis, and Areola each had a brace. And all of them looked great. After the game, I spoke with Jesus Ferreira in the media press conference asking him about that chemistry. And he mentioned that the chemistry was on point, especially between him and Paul Areola. They are all linked up to create some goals. Jesus Ferreira had three assists as well. So he was the man of the match for Stars and Stripes FC, for U.S. Soccer Insiders, basically for everyone. He was the man on Sunday night, and it was great to see him in his second cap for the United States do so well. Jonathan Lewis, a guy that we've seen could be an option on the flank, uh, really did well in his performance. And Paul Areola. Paul Areola really, again, He's been very solid, and we'll talk about where his move is later on, but he was able to once again put in an effective shift. Two goals. He had a goal against El Salvador. A great, great performance for him, especially coming back from that ACL tear. He looks to be close to 100%, and if he's if he's not 100%, God only help everyone else when he does become 100%. The offense wasn't the only thing that was clicking, though. Matt Turner had his debut as the goalkeeper, made a penalty save. The only save he needed to make during the match, and it was a big one. He stopped a penalty save and just really commanded the back line. He, you know, whenever they ended up getting the ball in the back, which wasn't very often, there wasn't a lot going on for the defense. But when they did have it, he was able to gather the ball, pass with effectiveness. He was 100% on his passes. And like I mentioned, the defense, they didn't have to do much But they even contributed on the offensive end. Miles Robinson, as I mentioned, scored one of the goals the other night, assisted by his center back pair, Aaron Long. So they cleared out the Circle Warriors for the most part. They did give up the penalty, uh, but it was stopped. So that was okay in the end. But in overall, it was a good night at the office for them. It was a good night for everyone. 
associate with the men's national team. And from here, we have a lot of players who you got to feel good about calling in for Olympic qualifying. Did we find some guys that could contend for the full men's national team roster? Yeah, possibly. You can't overlook the chemistry that Paul Ariola, Jesus Ferreira, and Jonathan Lewis had on the field. That's going to be crucial for this team because we have a busy year and there's not going to be a lot of time for these guys to gel. So any chemistry that you can find is going to be useful. But the experience all these players had is going to be useful down the road, starting with Olympic qualifying in March for the U23s. Hopefully, the players that were on this roster that are called in are able to maintain their fitness during this month and be ready when that camp prepares to get us to Tokyo. Moving on, sticking with the men's national team, we did mention that there are a lot of men's national team players who made a move on the club level. And just on the last day, it wasn't necessarily a wild transfer window overall. But for the men's national team and anyone associated with it, it was pretty busy. I want to start with one that was particularly interesting, and that is Daryl DK going to Barnsley on loan from Orlando City. Now, you're thinking, okay, that's fine. He went to Barnsley. He's going to a championship team. Should be a decent move for the youngster. But this move wouldn't have happened if he did not feature in the men's national team match on Sunday night. Because he did that, and he entered as a substitute late, he earned enough points to get a work visa from the UK. That's amazing. That's heads up by the coaching staff, Greg Berhalter, heads up by his agent, heads up by everyone to make sure that this became a possibility. All he needed to do was step onto the field and play. And he did that, and because of that, this Barnsley loan happened. And it could turn into a permanent deal. Now, the permanent deal number is amazing. It's $20 million for 80% of his rights, which basically means a sell-on fee of some sort. That's a lot of money. I don't know if Barnsley has that kind of money. I don't know if this is just, hey, we're just going to send them over on a short-term loan, given the MLS negotiations for the collective bargaining agreement, or if this is something where DK thinks he can make it, or that Barnsley thinks he can make it. Already, Dane Murphy, the technical director for Barnsley, has said that DK is fielding offers from Premier League teams. So obviously he's being monitored by a lot of people across the pond. We'll see if he can make the most of his time in Barnsley and use that to maybe enter a new deal somewhere else. Brian Reynolds went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth on where he was going to end up. He ended up in Roma. Technically, it's a loan that will basically convert to a permanent transfer. Think the kind of deal that Weston McKinney has with Juventus where it's almost guaranteed or assured that it will convert at some point. But Brian Reynolds is off to Roma, and he becomes the latest American to go to Serie A, which is great, and he's going to look great in those Roma jerseys. DeAndre Edlin, a weird situation with him in Newcastle. Newcastle forgot to reapply for his work visa, so they lost it. And in the end, it forced him to make a move. And even though he had started to come on a little bit more for Newcastle and started to see the field more, he ends up going to Galatasaray on a free transfer. He goes to the Turkish Super League, joins Tyler Boyd, who also went on loan to Sivaspor from Besiktas. So we have two in the Turkish League now. So if you have BN Sports, you get to watch more Americans in the Turkish League. But DeAndre Yedlin moving to Galatasaray is not necessarily something that will affect his standing with the men's national team. He's kind of been 
out for quite a bit and it doesn't look to be one of those guys you call back in. But it's good to see him getting a place where it's a big club in Turkey, one of the biggest, and he could possibly be playing Europa, Champions League in the future. This is what we want our guys to be in. Places where he can play well for teams that are playing in big competitions. And Yedlin's going to get his fair share of them at Galatasaray. Chris Richards moving from Bayern Munich to Hoffenheim on loan. It's a short-term deal. There is no purchase loan agreement in place for this. I think Bayern wants him back, which is good because we want to see him play at Bayern. We want to see our guys at the biggest clubs in the world. Richards started out so well. He didn't get a lot of playing time lately, which is why Hoffenheim called and said, hey, we'll take the kid for a few months and get the playing time that he needs. This is what we want him to be in a position where he's playing every week, staying match fit so that he can factor into a lot of things. U23s for Olympic qualifying and even the men's national team down the road for the Gold Cup, Nations League, and World Cup qualifying. And finally, Paul Areola. We did mention him, of course, as he had the brace against Trinidad and Tobago. He used that to parlay into a loan to Swansea City. Yes, he joins Jordan Morris who, as we know, uh, joined Swansea on loan as well last week. And it was interesting because, uh, from a DC United perspective, his post a couple of days ago seemed more like a, I'm gone for a little stint. It seemed more like, yeah, I'm going on loan, but I'll be back. He he thanked them for his three and a half years in DC, thanked the fans, and it sounds like he might be out of here. Now, there is no purchase agreement with this loan. So there's no option for them to buy, but it sounds like DC United and Swansea will work on something during this loan. That makes a lot of sense because Swansea City and DC United are owned by the same two guys. So it's just money transferring from one pocket to the other, but it sounds like Paul Ariola is desperate to make this work and go abroad to Swansea and stick with the Swans. So it would be great to see Swans America. We now have a new American team in in the English uh, system, technically Wales, but who, you know, is their, is their system not ours? But Jordan Morris and Paul Areola and Swans America are your new team to follow if you are a fan of the men's national team. We will pause for a quick break, but on the other side, she believes who made the roster. We'll tell you after this. begins on February 18th, continues on the 21st and the 24th. The team's trying to knock off the best team on the planet, Canada, Brazil, and Argentina. And on Monday, Vladko Andonovsky released his roster of players that will compete in She Believes Cup. Now, I'm going to go through this roster, and there's a part at the end that I want you to pay particularly close attention to. But we start with the goalkeepers. We have Jane Campbell, Casey Murphy, and Alyssa Nair. Those are some Pretty easy candidates. Casey Murphy being the lone addition from last month's roster to this month's roster. Alyssa Nair, obviously the number one there. Jane Campbell, you have to figure, is the number two. Defenders, Elena Cook, Abby Dahlkamper, Tierna Davison, Crystal Dunn, Kelly O'Hara, Midge Purse, Becky Sauerbrunn, and Emily Sonnet. Again, I don't think there's any changes here. There might be one or two that we 
uh, we'll talk about later that are not on this roster, but for all intents and purposes, this roster for the defenders, standard operating procedure. Midfielders, Julie Ertz, Lindsey Horan, Rose Lavelle, Katarina Macario, Christy Mewis, and Samantha Mewis. Again, makes sense given how all those players have played. These are the six midfielders that make it on the She Believes roster. And then your forwards, Carly Lloyd, Alex Morgan, Kristen Press, Megan Rapino, Sophia Smith, and Lynn Williams. The one person probably missing from there, Tobin Heath, she's out with injury. But other than that, this seems like a pretty straightforward forwards list. Now, Vladko Andonovsky added a training player roster of three players, Emily Fox, Jalen Howell, and Mallory Pugh. Now, in his press conference for this roster, I asked him what that meant and if training players, what that means that they're not on the roster, but they're training. And Vladko, particularly in the case of Emily Fox and Jalen Howell, he wants them in camp to get a feel for the system, even if they're not on the roster and they're not going to play. So this is an opportunity for Emily Fox and Jalen Howell to really continue to learn the system, continue to learn his style of play, what he expects, how these players work with each other in the effort to try and work their way into the mix in the future. The same with Mary Pugh, who's just trying to keep fitness. Uh, she's been injured for quite a bit, and she's starting to come back. This is a way for her to stay, get get back into match fitness. Flacco also said, don't read into people who didn't make this roster, but that's what we do here. So Tobin Heath, as I mentioned, not in this roster due to her ankle injury that will keep her out for a couple months. But Allie Krieger and Ashlyn Harris, they don't make this roster. And one has to wonder if they're on the outside looking in for the Olympic roster, if they can't even make the Shibali's roster, which is larger. The Shibali's roster is 23 players. The Olympic roster is 18 plus a couple of alternates. But for the players on this roster, we will see them when they take on Canada on the 18th, Brazil on the 21st, and Argentina on the 24th. All games will be in Orlando, and all, of course, should be very exciting to watch. wrap up this episode, it is Black History Month, and as I've done the past few years, I am bringing you 28 articles on black soccer history, one each day this month. It's a great chance for you to either relive some of the stories that you are familiar with and learn about some of the stories that you don't know about. During this Black History Month, it's not only important to learn about our past, but use it to educate our future so that we as a society can unlearn the norms that have inhibited the advancement of black people in this country for far too long. We have a hub on the front page at starsandstripessc.com, so I invite you all to please check out those articles that have been done over the last three years. And as we add articles throughout the month, they will be posted on that hub. Definitely share them with your soccer circles. Next week, we do have a special interview coming that I'm really excited about that will be a part of this Black History Month series. But for now, that will do it for episode 38 of the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. We will talk to you all next week. Take care.